Coming up this week on Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, the Gigafactory has its grand opening party, Elon clarifies his plans for a Tesla bus, Michigan owners unite in the face of the state's ban on Tesla sales, and more. What's happening, friends? Ryan McCaffrey here on Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, episode 52 for July 31st, 2016. I'm here uh, joined, as always, by Maggie the Boxer, who is uh, currently cleaning herself on the couch. So if you hear, uh, I'm not sure if the licking sounds, the incessant licking sounds are coming up on the mic, but if they are, you know why. Uh, So I want to start off the show with a quick apology I am at a friend's cabin this weekend where there is not going to be any internet and phone will be spotty. So I had to record the show on Friday night, pretty much right after the Gigafactory grand opening event. Uh, So I have no real, I'm not going to be able to get to stuff like uh, talking to Joe Willett, who of course went, Uh, he was our our uh, sponsor, as it were, for, well, my sponsor, as it were, for uh, the referral program. Uh, We were able to get him, thanks to you guys and your generosity, get him the referrals he needed to go. So hopefully we're going to talk to him in one form or another next week. Although he's there, uh, who knows if he's he's even got good cell service. But uh, I was able to listen to the stream that Tesla put on. Unfortunately, uh, the quality was real bad. Uh, the video was virtually unplayable. The audio was good quality, but kept cutting out. So I've got some good clips. We'll get to those here in just a couple of minutes, but expect more Gigafactory follow-up next week, which will actually work out because I would love to hear from you guys in the Ride the Lightning hotline with your reactions to Elon's comments at the Gigafactory opening, uh, all the media coverage of the Gigafactory opening, you know, if, you, if you've seen the pictures, the videos, give a ring. Uh, just call, leave a message anytime, day or night, 24-7. The toll-free number, as you probably know by now, is 1-888-989-8752. Now, with that, uh, the Gigafactory grand opening party did happen on Friday night in Sparks, Nevada, outside of Reno. Lots and lots of Tesla owners showing up. There were rows of Tesla Model S's, X's, and even some Roadsters out, out in the lot as well. Uh, again, I couldn't quite get the whole thing. It started with some uh, remarks by Elon and J.B. Straubel, and then there was a Q&A that Elon uh, probably wisely cut off after just a short handful of questions. But uh, the party was, I got to say, the party was mostly Tesla owners, obviously. It's people that were invited, uh, that had either the referrals or, or were invited by other means. And I have to say, I don't know if people had a few drinks in them by 9 o'clock by the time Elon took the stage, but uh, I, I was kind of annoyed just even listening to it because I couldn't really watch a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, a number of people, because it only takes a few, were just kept yelling things out in the middle of Elon's presentation, which I thought was very disrespectful. It's very annoying. Uh, if, if, if imbibing in a few alcoholic beverages is the reason for those loose lips, it's not an excuse. So, folks, come on. If you get invited to a fantastic Tesla event like that, as I've been 
lucky enough to do a couple of times, be respectful of your host. Don't yell things out at Elon in the middle. I mean, some of the, most of it was, it was nice things. Nobody was, uh, it wasn't like a, you know, a, a troll or, or a heckler or anything like that. But folks, just, just be respectful if you're at one of these things. Let the, when someone's on stage, let them speak, let them present. So let's get to Elon's comments first. Here is Elon on what the opening of the Gigafactory means to Tesla. All right, so anyway, we'll, we'll just, uh, JV and I just talked for a little bit about the Gigafactory and uh, just give you some sense of what, what we're aiming for here, uh, what this means, what it means for the world, building this thing, and, and hopefully uh, hopefully we'll, people will buy into it and, and uh, you know, start to believe. And... Uh, now, we've been hearing a lot lately Elon speaking about how the factory needs to be the machine and they need to invest more in the machine that makes the machines. So here's Elon explaining a little bit more about that. To achieve this, we, we really had to design the factory as a machine. So the, a lot of the way that people look at factories is kind of, it's often thought of as kind of like a boring thing, like making photocopies or something. It's just like boring, like, it's like catalog engineering. But, but this is totally the wrong way to look at it. You really need to look at a factory like it's a product, like it's a giant machine that builds the machine. And it deserves actually more innovation and more engineering skill than the product itself. And, and that's what, what we've done with the Gigafactory. Yeah, we, we have some of our best engineering teams working on actually laying out the factory and looking at how to you know, fit more density and more equipment into the same footprint. And this is really key to how we've been able to reduce the cost of the cells and the batteries that come out of here so much. You know, that intense engineering effort you know, is what drives this improvement. It's not just, as Elon said, it's not a copying machine. It's not just you know, replicating things that have been done before. We're, we're reinventing that battery manufacturing process from end to end. Now here's Mr. Musk commenting on why vertical integration, which we've seen Tesla doing more and more and more of over the last couple of years in particular, on why that is important for the Model 3 and the Gigafactory project. <laughs> the vertical integration is it, it's pretty important because like, one way to think of manufacturing efficiency is how long a journey did that molecule take from when it was mined? So if it was mined in one part of the world, then went, to, went halfway across the world to get processed, then back halfway across the world to get processed another way, and, and eventually does several trips around the world before it finally ends up in a finished product, that's obviously just a, fun, like, that, that's fundamentally going to be expensive. <laughs> it's like, you just can't send things on round-the-world trips and expect it to be cheap it's, it's, or, or affordable. It's just not going not gonna to happen. So it makes sense, ultimately, for for rail cars of raw materials to come in one side um, and then for finished vehicles to exit the, the other side. Here's Elon commenting on Gigafactory 2 and uh, what Tesla might do a little bit differently than they're doing now. This is very interesting. So, I mean, t today we've, we, it's sort of split up. We've got the vehicle factory um, in, in Fremont, California. We've got the, the, the battery factory um, here in Nevada. Um, but um, I think for Gigafactory 2 and beyond, I think we're, gonna, we're just going to integrate that into one, one big facility. Yeah. 
And it wouldn't be a Tesla presentation without a little bit of Elon Musk humor. So here's a, here's a good Elon Musk joke about the scale of the Gigafactory, put in, put in unique terms. We can fit 50 billion hamsters. <laughs> so then we moved on to the Q&A portion of the evening, which again was kept fairly short. Here's Elon Musk. This, this is, I think, might be the one clip that didn't come through super great, but here's Elon uh, sort of def talking about the sharing capability from the, the master plan about uh, how you'll be able to share your self-driving Tesla. Uh, it actually covers a lot of the things that, that you guys called in about uh, both this week and a little bit last week as well. So listen to this one. To define, like, well, you know, who, who can use it, like only five-star users or anyone or only family or whatever. Um, and then whenever you want it back, uh, you can just tap, tap it and it will return to you. So, Here's uh, the Tesla executive team discussing recycling battery packs and how that is going to be a big important thing for Tesla's efforts going forward. The, um, uh, we'll have recycling at the Gigafactory itself, so um, all battery packs will be recycled, which actually makes a lot of sense uh, because it, this is a real efficient way to recycle it because we know what the module looks like. So we can actually design the recycling machines that are exactly optimized for the battery pack because we're not trying to recycle any arbitrary battery pack, we're recycling a known battery pack, so we can be really precise about the recycling. Yeah. So is the Model 3 going well? Sounds like it, according to this little soundbite. Model 3 is going well. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how it's going. Um, I'm really excited by um, the approach that the Tesla engineering team is taking to production. I think people have really taken it to heart um, within Tesla that it's, it's actually even more important to design the, uh, the factory than it is to design the product itself. Um, this, is ex this is extremely important for making um, an affordable, high-quality car in volume. And um, so I'm, I'm actually feeling really, really optimistic about it. Um, I mean, we completed design a couple weeks ago. Um, so it's, it's, it's design is, yeah, so design is, design is done. I mean, usually in, as, you, as you do more testing, there's, there's some tweaks required, but uh, we're, we are benefiting from a lot of experience with the Model S and X, so I, I'm feeling very good about it. Yeah, there, there, there's some really cool innovations. I, we, I, we can't talk about all the stuff inside of it, but it, it is definitely a, a third generation of a lot of the components and a lot of the systems that we designed originally, you know, for Roadster and then Model S and X. So it's it's come a long way. Elon got a couple of really for for uh, me criticizing the crowd a little bit earlier for uh, some of them being a little, again, what I felt to be out of line, yelling things out at Elon. When at this point, uh, I want to now praise them for these last couple of questions, uh, including that Model 3 one there a second ago. But these last two in particular, I thought were really, really great questions to ask Elon at an event like this, or really any chance you get. But here's Elon talking about what people can do, what we can do to help Tesla. This has come up on this show before. I've given my opinion on it. Here's Elon commenting on that very thing. I, I think in terms of how can you help, I think just sort of spread the message. Um, and, you know, that's like, I mean, I know you guys think global warming is real, but the crazy thing is like a lot of people out there don't. It blows my mind. And, um, and, and you know, and, and there's, there's, there's quite, there's a, there's a nonstop propaganda campaign from the fossil fuel industry um, because you kind of 
I mean, they're just defending themselves, so it's kind of what you'd, what you'd expect, but, but they just, it's non-stop, and they have um, like a thousand times more money than we do, so um, I, I, this is, I mean, this revolution is going to come from the people, that's, it's, you know, so. So I just like, you know, fight the propaganda, like that's the, um, and things are going to get real nutty with the, the U.S. election and all that, and, <sighs> man. <laughs> and finally, another topic that we covered last week in the wake of Elon's top secret master plan part, duh, the Roadster. You know, I, I gave my thoughts on the Roadster. Is it, is it going to be happening? Is it part of the future? Or has, has it, is it no longer part of the, the big vision that Elon has to accelerate that sustainable transport as soon as humanly possible? And, uh, well, let's talk about this one in a second. So here's Elon about the next Roadster. <laughs> well, we'd love to do the next Roadster, but we've got to, fake, we've got to focus on, on affordable mass market cars. I would love to do the next Roadster. Are you kidding me? Of course. <laughs> but that, that's got to be dessert. You know, are we gonna... <laughs> there's, there's a lot of, lot of stuff to do already on our plate, but... Um... I think, I think we better wrap it up with that. So yeah. thank you guys very much. This is right, awesome. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. All right. I thought that was uh, a very interesting answer in, the, in, the, in such that he's noncommittal about it. He is absolutely noncommittal about the Next Gen Roadster. He says he wants to do it. And he says it's like, <laughs> I thought it was very clever. It's like dessert, which is true. I mean, in the, in the grand scheme of things with Tesla building a, you know, potentially $150,000, $200,000 supercar that's purpose-built to just be the fastest, or at least quickest thing on the planet uh, in, with four wheels, that's definitely not part of the big goal. So, you know, I, I'm open to your comments on this and your interpretations, but to me, he was non-committal. And Elon's a guy who's never shy about saying when he's going to do so. He's talked in the past, you know, oh, yeah, we're totally doing that. We're doing this. But he did not say we are doing the next-gen Roadster. It sounds like it is on the back burner for right now. And uh, it's, it's a little sad in the sense that we know Tesla could build an incredible two-seat supercar sports car. But, um, you know, most of us, I think, probably listening to this show probably wouldn't be able to afford it, but it'll be a cool halo car, but they've kind of already, the, the S is almost a halo car unto itself, except it's affordable. So I don't know. I, I'm very open to your, your uh, comments here. What do you guys think? But to me, it sounds like the Roadster is not in any form of active development or on the, the concrete road plan, the way that the Model 3, the Model Y, the minibus, and the, the pickup truck and semi truck are. So with all that out of the way, that's, uh, that's, those were the comments. Those were the, the remarks from Elon and, and JB at the event. I want to just rewind a second now to the media day. Tesla had a media day ahead of this uh, public, well, not public, the, uh, you know, the owner's uh, event. And there were a few interesting tidbits to come out of the media day because the media had a chance to ask some questions of Elon Musk. Unfortunately, with this... I could only find one video of it on YouTube, and the audio quality is just 
totally not good enough for a podcast. It's very echoey, and you'd, you'd just be frustrated if I put clips in, the, in here as much as I would like to. But our friends at Electrek had a fantastic summary. So let's talk about these few things. The new battery cell form factor that's going to go into the Model 3 and later the S and the X, according to Elon, is being called a 2170, so named for the 21 millimeter diameter and 70 millimeter height of each one of the cells. That is a, the half centimeter height increase uh, is going to be offset, that's the height of the pack, the cell, is going to be offset by more efficient battery packaging, which is going to, should make the packs the same thickness or less than the current packs, and obviously that's going to get you a higher density. So thank you, Electrek, for that summary. So that, that's very interesting to Model 3 buyers, uh, as many of us are, because you're talking about, you know, it, according to Motor Trend, the Model 3 is about 90% the size of an S, and of course, you know, so the wheelbase is pretty close. So if if the three ends up being able to take ninety percent of the the same size of a battery pack that the S and X can, except it has better energy density, that bodes well potentially. You know, I was just talking with uh, DJ Harbaugh, who is one of the fifty dollar uh, Patreon tier backers. So we were having our monthly uh, Google Hangout conversation, and this topic actually came up about, he, he was asking me what I think the top-end range of the three will be. I've mentioned it on the show before, we've talked about it, and, and I was asking him, and you know, we both kind of figured with the, with the base model battery being 215 EPA range, uh, approximately, that the bigger battery that will fuel the, of course, the performance version, uh, probably wouldn't be, you know, that huge of a delta. Like, ideally, I would love that Model 3 battery to be a 300-mile range battery, because I think the S will get there uh, right about the same time. It's already, it's on the doorstep right now with the, the 90D, but it just seems like the delta would be far too large to go, you know, you'd have to price the pack uh, probably a lot more money than the than the base model. But both DJ and I, when we were talking about this, thought, hmm, well, it, we, we both kind of agreed they probably wouldn't have more than two battery packs. But then again, on the three, or pardon me, on the S and X now, there are three, although it's really two and one software limited. So is it possible... Again, I've talked about this on the show before. I, I don't think that the base model 3 the base model battery pack for model 3 will be a larger battery that's software limited because it that would you know the, the the margins are so thin Tesla's doing everything they can to get that car down to a $35,000 base price that it would seem like they wouldn't want any dormant I don't want to say wasted so let's say dormant cells battery cells in that car but that could be a way if what if there are three battery pack tiers uh, and one of the, the low-end one is a software limit. I, I don't think it'll happen, just again, based on the sheer economics of Model 3, as discussed by Elon and JB in the past. But if, if we go with that, that it is just going to be two battery pack sizes, then uh, I wonder 
what that top end Model 3 will be, which is certainly the, the, the car I want, the, uh, the, I want the larger pack. Does that mean we're looking at 250, which is about what the Model X is? Or, you know, maybe two, the, remember when the 85, when the Model S first came out, the 85 was, I believe, 265 miles, if memory serves correctly, and I'm pretty sure I'm correct on that, because that's what I remember uh, it being. So, you know, 265, so I wonder if that's where the Model 3 is going to start as well on the bigger pack, is 265 miles. Anyway, went off on a little bit of a tangent there. The next point from the Gigafactory Media Day is that Tesla expects to hit the $100 per kilowatt hour mark at or before the year 2020, which is, uh, according to Electrek and via, via the presentation from uh, Panasonic as well as Tesla, it's right near the inflection point where it'll, it'll start to actually become cheaper to build an electric powertrain, even without any subsidies or electricity versus gas savings. Now, think about that for a second. If Tesla gets the batteries, that's the whole point of the Gigafactory. If it gets the batteries down such to a price at, at which... Oh, Maggie the Boxer just rolling around on the ground. He's snarling. You might hear that. <laughs> I love that dog. Uh, if they get the price of the batteries down to the point where it's cheaper to build a Tesla than it is to build an equivalent internal combustion engine car, and the Tesla will already have almost certainly superior performance, better safety, etc. Then that, my friends, is the tipping point, in my opinion, because the Model 3, we've already seen the response to Model 3, 373,000 reservations thus far. The Model 3 may already be tilting the industry in the direction of EVs being a mainstream mode of transportation, but when they get to that point, 2020 or so, when it's cheaper to build an EV, uh, you know, a, a sedan EV, than it is to build a, compar a comparable ICE, that might turn that tilt into, the, into a full-on tipping point. I mean, that's, that's, this cannot be understated. This is, that's awesome. That is fantastic news, and that is exactly what the Gigafactory is set out to do. Now, also we learned, uh, we sort of already, I think, if we didn't know this, we assumed it, uh, confirmed all model, all model 3 battery packs will be built at the Gigafactory. So that's very cool. So if you're, if you're a model 3 customer, you're getting that, you're getting a Gigafactory battery in your car built uh, right here in the good old US of A. You're, you're most of your car from bottom to top, front to back, is uh, going to be going to be American-made. Also, uh, the final point here uh, from, from the media day, once Tesla is at full Model 3 production, which again is anticipated to be around 2020 as well, they ex Tesla expects the Model 3 to be a $20 billion per year business, with $5 billion of that being gross profit. Wow. <laughs> wow, uh, that's that will grow the business substantially. That is because I, I think the I forget the the total the market value or rather the like the value of Tesla now the valuation of the company 
is is not i don't even know if it's up to 20 or if it is it's it's uh not too far ahead so uh great oh the other market cap right now is 34.5 billion so it's it's above that but boy another 20 bill a year coming in in business would certainly would certainly uh do wonders for the valuation of the company moving on a little bit here Remember the bus? I, t- I sort of t- teased this at the top of the show. Remember the bus from Elon's Master Plan Part 2 last week? So I must uh, apologize. I had it completely wrong in my head. When I read bus, even, for some reason, even I didn't put two and two together even when I read you the tweet last week about it being inspired by uh, like a VW custom thing. Elon came out and said on Twitter... It is a minibus, and get this, it's going to be based off of the Model X chassis. He replied to the car site Jalopnik on Twitter. So actually, he sort of tweeted at them saying, Some good guessing by Jalopnik. The Tesla minibus will be built on a Model X chassis. People density potential is surprisingly high. And uh, here's actually a quote of Elon uh, at the Gigafactory event sort of basically turning that tweet into into his own words. So take a listen to this. We need to kind of stay focused on, on the Model 3 particularly in the short term. And, and then um, the, the, probably a compact SUV is the next, next priority. Um, we have an interesting concept for creating um, kind of like a minibus um, on the Model X platform. Um, and it's actually quite surprising how many people you can get on, on a Model X if you make it sort of a, look a bit like a little bus. Um, so, but, but, but uh, uh, fo- focus is critical because there's so many things that could be done, but if we don't focus, then it puts risk that we won't get anything done. So again, it's not at all what I was picturing, but this thing is going to be all about urban transportation not speed or style, right? So it doesn't have to look good the way the S does, the way the X does, and the way the 3 does. It is a people mover. So it is pure 100% utility. So uh, it's, it's very interesting to think about a Tesla-designed VW minibus, in, in, to use a shorthand there. So very interesting. Model X chassis on that. That is, that is going to be cool. The next story this week, moving away from Gigafactory stuff, got a couple more stories to do for you here. Michigan Tesla owners. I loved this story when I read it on Electrek this week. They are banding together in the face of the Michigan Automotive Dealers Association, who has been thus far successful in having Tesla sales banned there. What they are doing is offering test drives to prospective customers with their own cars, which is just fantastic. Uh, If any of you Michigan owners out there are listening to this, I want to say bravo to you. That's incredible. I have heard of this happening in other states before, but this is uh, is the the most... I haven't heard about it in a while. I just think this is great. This is... To me, this is absolute evidence uh, of... What a great community the Tesla community is. Again, I've, I've, uh, I'm not a part of really other car communities outside of the DeLorean community, which is a, which is also a good group, a very, very diverse, eclectic group of people who, uh, you know, range in in age, in 
financial background. Just uh, they're all they're a good group. But the Tesla community, which you know, there's a big difference between you know the DeLorean community is this group of people preserving a thing they love because it's gone, it's over. But the Tesla community is an active, growing contingent who has constant external pressures to deal with and external forces to try and battle against and ward off. And what the Michigan owners are doing here to, to uh, try and help out potential Michigan-based Tesla buyers is just something I want to tip my hat to. So uh, great job to all of you guys in Michigan. Keep it up. That is, that is the Tesla spirit right there. That is fantastic. Finally this week, Tesla is now going to work on its own autopilot system. They are parting ways with Mobileye, which Mobileye themselves confirmed. Elon had a statement. I'm going to read it to you here. Unfortunately, I don't have a, an audio clip of him saying it. So here is his statement. It's, quote, This was expected and will not have any material effect on our plans. Mobileye's ability to evolve its technology is unfortunately negatively affected by having to support hundreds of models from legacy automate companies, resulting in a very high engineering drag coefficient. Tesla is laser-focused on achieving full self-driving capability on one integrated platform with an order of magnitude greater safety than the average manually driven car, end quote. I have to say this is not really a surprise. Uh, the timing of it's a little weird, given the, you know, the f- still kind of dealing with the fallout of the, the uh, autopilot fatality. But it's not a surprise because, remember, Tesla has been bringing a lot of things in-house that were previously outsourced in order to, you know, just to, to maximize efficiency and maximize optimization for their specific purpose because they are not doing things the same way that other automakers are doing them. So they have their own way that has their that it has its own unique needs. Uh, a good example of this are the Model X's second row seats. If you remember when the 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 last of the Model X delays had happened, Elon had commented, oh, you know, the seats have been a problem, so we're pulling those in-house and we're doing them ourselves. And in fact, in the in the comments from the Gigafactory event that I played earlier, Elon talked about vertical integration. So uh, not too much of a surprise there, but uh, nevertheless, moving on from Mobileye, it'll be interesting to see if Tesla can actually move more quickly now uh, or if there is any sort of any sort of lag in the uh, in the advancement. I mean, Elon's been tweeting about some some improvements coming that will be possible in autopilot purely by software with the existing camera and sensor hardware. So we'll see what happens. They are on their own now, uh, which has so far worked out pretty well. That covers the news this week. I want to remind you real quick: the new referral program, Kevin Rapp is uh, the very, very kind P85 Plus owner who has donated me his uh, referral code. If you guys use that to buy your new Tesla, you're going to get $1,000 off of your S or X. Kevin will get a referral prize 
It's the same stuff as last time, the, the leather duffel bag, the owner's jacket, the etc. Cetera, et cetera. And uh, by Kevin's generosity, I will get the chance to win the Ludicrous Model X and make my dream come true. So, again, if you're buying an S or an X, uh, which, of course, the prices have come down recently with the, the 60, uh, 60 kilowatt-hour offerings, just go punch this into your browser. It's the, the URL is ts.la slash Kevin4901, and that will bring you up to a screen that lets, uh, lets you choose SRX, you design, configure your car, and boom, you get $1,000 off when you, when you submit your order. All right, let's come right back. There are a whole lot of phone calls to get to in the Ride the Lightning hotline this week. A lot of just fantastic messages from you guys. We'll get to those here right after this. Welcome to the Ride the Lightning Hotline, where, of course, you can call in with your questions, your comments, your discussion topics, anytime. It's a toll-free number. You just ring up or Skype uh, and leave a message. It's very, very easy, anytime, day or night. The number is 1-888-989-8752. Again, if you happen to go to the Gigafactory event, would love to hear from you. Try to keep it fairly short on the message, but would nevertheless love to hear your impressions of the event and uh, what you thought of the Gigafactory itself, because they're offering tours to the folks there. Uh, And then let me give the plug real quick. Of course, the very kind folks at lifeonrecord.com who supply me the the voicemail system. They want to remind you that if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you could give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Please visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. And with that, we'll start with Nick in Columbus with his reaction to Elon's new master plan. Go ahead, Nick. Hey, Ryan. This is Nick in Columbus, Ohio, at the Hoff 525 on Twitter. Wanted to call in, probably with the rest of the world, about Master Plan Part Do. Super cool, super excited, but I really wanted to focus on Elon's fourth item, which was sharing. I love the idea that the car is going to work for me while I'm at work. Super awesome. But I do have some concerns. I drove for Uber for a couple of weekends before I realized it just wasn't profitable for the amount of time that I was spending in my car. This, of course, is solved with autonomy. The car is going to drive itself. But I had plenty of times where there was a bunch of drunk people in my car, even had a few scares where people almost puked. And let's be honest, unsupervised people in a vehicle, even during the day, are much more likely to damage property and simply not care. So my solution, what if Tesla offered a transit package as an option? This would add, say, sealed inward-facing cameras that look at the front and the rear, a built-in continuous loop solid-state hard drive to record all that, maybe some premium seat covers to protect the rear, and, you know, an option to lock the front doors only so passengers have have to get in the back. And, of course, some extra cup holders. Now, that covers your property, but as a rider, I really feel like you would have to have some sort of liability insurance or coverage in case you cause damages to the car. That could be offered through Tesla or third-party insurance companies. I would love to get your thoughts on this and, uh, you know, see how you would want your Model 3 covered in case of damages while it was out working for you. Thanks a lot, man. Keep up the good work. Excellent ideas here, Nick. Uh, Now, I think it needs to start with a strict rider agreement that would-be users of your car must agree to when they create a Tesla ride-sharing account. But uh, 
I gotta say, I think I'm still not doing it. At least not right away. Uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to let someone that helps uh, forge ahead to a better future with a lot of things, that being Tesla in this case. But on, on this, which is gonna be the second most expensive thing I have in my life after my home, I think I'd rather hang back for a while on this one and see what kind of problems arise with the program before I consider letting my car out of my sight ever. That's, I know, you know, maybe I'm, that's an old way of thinking, but uh, I will say I would 100% use it to, to have it drive my wife around because she's already said she doesn't even want to drive the car. I think she's terrified of its power, uh, even with or without ludicrous or performance. But, uh, and again, I thought about it, and it's that, if, if we just don't buy her another car and let her run her current car into the ground, which is already over a decade old, it has low miles, but uh, if we just don't buy her another car and have her drive, have, have the Tesla drive her around, That'll save us money because, again, you know, we don't need. If we don't get another car, there's, there's that cost is gone. The, the maintenance costs are gone. Well, of course, if it's an EV, which I would hope it would be, there'd be less of those. But, and then there's no insurance costs. So anyway, that's where I stand for the moment on this. Let's go now to Rainy from the Netherlands, chiming in as well on Master Plan Part Two, specifically on the solar aspect and the sharing aspect. Ramey, the floor is yours. Hey Ryan, this is Ramey from the Netherlands. Uh, I have read the master plan part two and I wanted to chime in and share my thoughts about the first and the last part of this new plan. The first part is about the solar panels on the roof uh, integrated with the battery. Uh, A lot of media outlets are talking about the fact that they are going to combine the power wall with the solar panels. What I actually think is that they are going to solve it in a way that the battery is actually integrated into the solar panels on your roof. I mean, what better place to have your battery than on your roof? Uh, The last part of the secret master plan is let your car make money for you and the uh, summon feature. Man, I really love this new uh, idea because the summon feature creates so many new possibilities. I mean, if you live in an apartment and you don't have the ability to charge your car in front of your house, you can just step out of your car in front of your house, let it go to a place where it can charge itself, and in the morning you can just summon it and you can go. Or another example is if I wanted to go to Paris by plane because I want to get there quickly, I could just summon my car and let it just drive all the way to Paris uh, via superchargers, and I could enjoy my own car without having to uh, get into a taxi or... Uh, I just have my own car over in my uh, vacation destination. Uh, And of course, the fact that it can make money for you while you are uh, having your, uh, while you're not using it, that's also a very cool uh, idea. And I think uh, Tesla is going to make a lot of money on this as well, because they're going to take their percentages, of course, when it comes to that. I really hope this plan is going to come through. uh, But because of the first plan, I, I think he's going to make it this time again. Thank you for our show. I love it and uh, continue the good work. Thank you. Bye-bye. Ramey, that is an interesting thought about batteries within the solar panels. I mean, Elon did talk about wanting to make them beautiful and maybe that could help beautify the system in some way. But I have to say, I have to be honest, my concern there would be temperature. 
Batteries need to be kept at a fairly room temperature, whether they're in a Tesla or anywhere else. So do you really want to keep them cooking on your roof in the sun or in the wintertime, potentially freezing? Because that's bad for the battery cells as well. So it might, to me, make more sense for Powerwall to be in a temperature-controlled place like your garage. Uh, but I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm missing something. As for self-driving Teslas, I hadn't really thought about the charging idea that you presented, and that, that could solve, or at least go a long way towards solving, the single biggest EV roadblock for those who live in apartments or condos. So good thinking on that. I like that. Let's keep it rolling with Ralph from Los Angeles wondering how Elon is going to get the factory to be so much more efficient than he initially envisioned it. So, Ralph, take it away. Hi, Ryan. This is Ralph from L.A. calling. I just finished listening to your um, advanced version of the Part 2 podcast today. Thank you so much. Um, An excellent job. Um, It gave me some pause to start to think about the 5 to 10x efficiency improvement Elon sees for his factories. Honestly, I don't know how. (laughs) So um, I'd be curious about details about what that would act, how he could actually pull that off to get the factory up to version one. And then I think version three in 2018, um, where I think he said a five X efficiency improvement. Um, so, uh, wondering about that, obviously Elon has a great gift for engineering, um, and hiring good engineers, I believe on his team. So he must base his estimates, which have been more or less accurate on something, um, scientific. And, um, so very curious about how that's going to flesh out, um, also, a little concerned about all the things he wants to do and wondering where he's going to obtain the capital because the company has been running on a tailwind of excitement, I think, and uh, passion that people have for his vision. I think living in L.A. today and inhaling the smoke from a local forest fire, I, uh, I am personally being touched by climate change and see the need and... Um, uh, and I think he's spot on with making solar be easy and all inclusive and all interconnected and working because I, it's a fine vision and something we really need to do nationally. So I think his timing is right on. I'm happy to invest in Model 3 and um, look forward to hearing more and more details about the breadth of the company. So your broad, your podcasts will probably need to be a little bit longer each week, or you may need to hire someone to assist you um, because Tesla really is going to branch out huge, I think. So thanks again for your fine work. I look forward to it every week. Bye. Well, Ralph, Elon already spelled it out. In fact, you heard it from his Gigafactory remarks, which obviously you, you called in prior to those, but he, Elon says, make better machines to make the machines. Now, personally, I'm far too dumb to know exactly how that's going to work. But here's the thing. Actually 
doing the things that Elon Musk says he's going to do has never been a problem for him. The only thing that's ever been an issue is that he's never been able to do them in the time frames he said he will. So while it's worked out so far, it does tie into your second point about capital. There are a lot of investors now and there's a lot more on the line. So I know it sounds a, a little nuts to, to demand that Elon pull off all these things that would be impossible for most businessmen and for him to pull them off a bit faster. I mean, yeah, it sounds, boy, are we taking Elon Musk for granted. Uh, but he is going to have to get better about hitting his own deadlines in order to keep that capital flowing. So good call. Let's move now to Sam from St. Louis. He's a new listener who thinks the Model 3 autonomy might push the entire industry forward. Let's hear from Sam. Hey, Ryan. My name is Sam Silverman. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, just calling to say I actually just got into your podcast. I've been a big fan of Podcasts Unlocked for a while, um, and I just got into Ride the Lightning podcast not three days ago when I was on my way to Kansas. Um, love the show, but uh, my comment is for last week's uh, your discussion topic about uh, possibly the Model 3 having uh, the hardware capabilities of autonomous driving. And I just wanted to say that I think that would be an amazing, amazing reveal. Um, I think that would be incredible. But I also think that would be really good for the automotive industry as a whole. I think that would push companies to push themselves to further their plans of maybe even having autonomous driving vehicles themselves. Um, so I was very interested in that topic. I also like the idea of, uh, Tesla dabbing, uh, dabbling into the semi-truck industry, uh, by making their own. I think that's also a very cool thing that they're up to. Granted, I believe it's going to be very tough. Trucks are, you know, heavy machines and they carry a lot and those batteries would have to be powerful. They would have to be charged. It would take a while to charge those. So I just found uh, those points pretty interesting and just wanted to call and say, love the show, and thanks for taking my call. Have a great day. Sam, first off, welcome to the show. I don't know if you're new to the Tesla community in general or just this podcast, but the more you learn about Tesla and Elon, you're going to see that that they are, in fact, dragging the entire industry forward with them. Think about this. Would BMW have an electric program, electric car program, without Tesla? Quite possibly not. Would the Volt and the Bolt exist at Chevy? No. Bob Lutz has already credited Tesla for kickstarting Chevy's efforts in that department. So they are, there is an effect on the entire industry the Tesla is having, even if it's not a, a rapid effect. It is a glacial pace, but the, the, the glacier is slowly melting in the, uh, in the automotive industry. Let's go now to Will from Dallas. He calls in about the sharing feature uh, that's, that Elon lays out in the Master Plan Part 2. Will, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. This is Will from Dallas, Texas. Uh, really enjoy your show. My question to you was specifically about the sharing program that Elon is proposing with his master plan. 
uh, and I definitely heard what you had to say on your podcast, and I and I see where you're coming from when it comes to lending your car out, smoke or drink or 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 doing any other kind of activity that might not be favorable for you in your car. So my idea was, what if there was a a feature that could be implemented to uh, allow you to check off uh, certain circumstances by which your car would not be allowed to be rented to another person. So, uh, for example, if you don't want smokers driving your car, uh, you can check that off when you register your Tesla. And uh, of course, that would be that could be also applied to uh, drinking or say people who want to bring pets in the car, uh, and by which you can check all those things off and say I don't want those circumstances as far as lending my car out. Uh, and as far as implementing that feature successfully, maybe there could be sensors placed in the car that can detect those things. So you know, a breathalyzer, you know, kind of technology or a smoke detector or even uh, some kind of technology that can detect whether or not there are pets in the car. Uh, that way you can successfully say, okay, these these circumstances, my car is not allowed to be lended out, but any other circumstances, yeah, I can. So uh, my question to you is, if that were if that were very well implemented in the program, would that sway you uh, more towards actually uh, registering your car in that sharing program? Uh, so, yeah. I hope that question made sense. And uh, again, thank you for all you do uh, in the podcast and keeping us updated on on what Tesla is currently doing. Have a good day. Bye-bye. So I'm not sure how realistic the second part of your idea is, but I got to say, I have nothing to add to your core idea up front there. It is, that is perfect. And that should a hundred percent be a part of the Tesla ride sharing program. Uh, And in fact, Elon, we heard earlier in the show, Again, you left your call before Elon gave his remarks tonight. Elon kind of talked a little bit about some of that stuff, about selectively restricting passengers with only five-star people or only, you know, your family or something like that. But uh, to answer your question, again, I said I'm still not sure I could do it. Uh, I'm just so anal about my cars. Well, car at the moment, single car. But, uh, you know, if there were enough checks to screen people fairly thoroughly in the way that you suggest... I will consider it. So we'll see what happens. We got a, I got a long time to think about it yet. We'll see. Next, got a few more here. Again, lots of great calls this week. Andrew from Canada reacting to the master plan. He thinks uh, we've, he's, or rather, he's thankful we've got someone on this planet like Elon Musk. So, Andrew, take it away. Hi, Ryan. This is Andrew from Canada calling again. I thought I'd uh, respond to your request for reactions to the uh, uh, master plan part two. Uh, and so I thought I'd leave some thoughts. Uh, first of all, very excited by it all. Uh, just so um, thankful that we have someone on this planet like uh, Elon Musk that is setting out some very altruistic visions and uh can't tell you how excited I am to someday replace my shingles with something that's going to generate power for me. Um, but yeah, more specific to uh, the, uh, the vehicle portion. Um, originally, when I read it, I thought the cost savings uh, that uh, he mentions making Model 4 um, not necessary, I thought that actually had to be uh, or was going to be due to uh, significant manufacturing advancements, making the vehicle much more cheap to produce and therefore uh, get the purchase price down. I think I was wrong in what he meant by that. However, uh, after thinking about it more, uh, that's 
you know, potentially a, a one good direction that, um, or one good byproduct of the uh, uh, refining the machine that builds the machine, as uh, Elon says it, um, uh, to get it to the cost of Model 3 uh, down significantly as the years wear on. Um, as for the sharing, um, I'm sort of like yourself. I, I personally think I would be a later adopter to see how uh, etiquette works out and um, you know good exp- how people's experiences are. And also, uh, in my specific situation specifically, we're going to have car seats in our child car seats in our car for uh, quite a while after we uh, get our Tesla. So it make it a less easy car to share. I wouldn't want someone changing the seats on. Uh, the seat adjustments on our child seats, um, and but side to that, I I wonder if Tesla would help out sourcing insurance because if you're then using your vehicle for a monetary purpose, I wonder if uh, insurance would then become more difficult to uh, source, and if uh, Tesla would uh, work with insurance companies to get a product that would work for uh, model for prospective Model Three owners wanting to share their car. Um, which then got me thinking, I wonder if there would be a way to share your car, but only for trusted friends. So you could have a network of friends uh, in your uh, that live in your city and you kind of exchange each other's um, uh, authorizations to share your own car so that you could say, oh, you know what, I really need a ride. Oh, so-and-so's car is available. So then you could take that car to get where you need to go. Uh, and by which case, you then trust the people that are sitting in your car and you know they are not going to um, do anything you don't like to it. Anyways, thanks so much again for your podcast, Ryan. Uh, have a great one. Cheers. Another great call because it's another good idea from you guys. Limiting your ride sharing to authorized users. Uh, and then this was another big point. This is another reason I wanted to play Andrew's call. The insurance question. Insurance is going to be... I mean, I don't know if it's a total wild card, but it is to me right now. Because what what are insurance companies going to make of cars that drive themselves? I mean, theoretically, it should drive costs down if the data is there to support the idea that self-driving cars are safer than manually driven cars, which, of course, is, is Elon's big push, and they're already working on that. With the, with the level two autonomous autopilot situation that Tesla has now. So uh, that's going to be a great thing to keep an eye on, is what, how our insurance company is going to handle it. Let's go now to Taylor in Massachusetts, who uh, wasn't as thrilled with Master Plan Part 2. Let's hear from Taylor. Hi, Ryan. It's Taylor from Massachusetts. I, um, I want to start off this call by saying how ambitious part one of the master plan was back in 2006. Tesla didn't have a single product on the market. They were bleeding cash. They didn't have a factory to their name. The Roadster was still two years away. Despite all of that, Musk, who wasn't even the CEO at the time, penned that Tesla was going to make three award-winning all-electric cars, the Roadster, the Model S, and the Model 3. You would have thought he was completely insane, given the circumstances that the company was in at the time. And yet, they did all of that, and more, over the last 10 years. Besides what they had planned, they also made an SUV, the Model X, and they also made their lines of battery techs. And they made their car semi-autonomous with autopilot. In parallel, SolarCity is a pretty good solar company. So now Tesla has 
four cars, they sell battery packs, they have two factories, and SolarCity has its line of solar panels and is working on building their own massive factory. So you have to consider SolarCity as kind of part of Tesla given the whole acquisition that's imminent. So Tesla's in a vastly better position now than they were in 10 years ago, which makes me feel that the new master plan is kind of unambitious. Their plan is to introduce a newer, cheaper SUV, a pickup, a semi, a bus, and to improve their self-driving technology to be fully autonomous. So really we're talking about four new vehicles and they already have four vehicles that they did with their very few resources that they previously had. And now they have oodles of resources and they're planning on doing just as much with it as they did with the no resources. Um, so, and we're talking about improving software that they've already started on. Um, we're talking about adding an app that several startups have made comparable apps. So that's not really ambitious. Um, I just feel that this new part two of the plan is really kind of lame compared to part one was. Um, I'm hoping that part two of the master plan is actually going to be a five-year plan instead of a 10-year plan like the last one. Um, I don't know. Let me know what you think. Thanks. Bye. So respectfully, Taylor, I, I would be curious what you think would be cool. I mean, we might also have the next-gen Roadster in there, although, you know, again, Elon's comments at the Gigafactory event suggest uh, it's not concretely in the plans right now, but... There could be a coupe in there. Maybe that coupe has falcon wing doors, maybe. There could be a convertible in there. But even setting all that aside, you've got to remember, again, the mission statement of the company from back in the first master plan, mind you. Accelerate the advent of a sustainable energy future. So, again, if Elon thinks that Model 3, a pickup, a semi-truck, a minibus and a self-driving ride-sharing fleet does that, then his mission is accomplished with or without the, you know, cool, you know, the, the sort of, le- the cooler, more ambitious things that, that uh, you're hoping for. Next up, a quick little call from Devin in Seattle, who brings up something that I hadn't thought about in a while, and maybe some of you haven't as well. Devin, what do you got? Hey, Ryan. This is Devin from uh, Washington, Seattle, Washington. I was just calling because uh, I ordered my Model 3 uh, about 18 hours after the uh, orders were open. So I did not order, I did not stand in line. I ordered um, the next day. And that was simply just a scheduling issue. I would have stood in line if I could. But I wanted to let your listeners know that I received the uh, thank you gift from Elon. So <clears throat> some of those people might be getting one after all. Love the show and thank you very much. Bye. You know, Devin, now that you mention it, I still haven't gotten my uh, my thank you gift from Elon for uh, for waiting overnight on uh, on that first day for my Model Three reservation. But again, I'm not sweating it because I was very, very, very lucky to get to go to the Model Three event where I got the the bigger version of that that uh, sketch collage of the model of Franz's model three design sketches. But yeah, I'd be curious if, if everybody's getting them now, uh, it's, it's a little extra funny because I live so close to Tesla, relatively speaking, but 
yeah, I wonder if there are a lot of people out there who still haven't gotten them. There are a lot to mail out, I suppose, but nevertheless, um, I wonder if they're really if they're just starting to go out in waves now, and if there's any rhyme or reason to it or what. But thank you for reminding me about that, Devin. Let's go now. Let's uh, change topics a little bit. Go to Andrew in California, who's curious about Model Y and if it might suit his situation. Andrew, the floor is yours. Hey, Ryan, this is Andrew from Santa Clarita, California. I wanted to talk to you about the Model Y. Uh, my wife and I have a reservation in for the Model 3, but with hopefully two kids in the near future, we were thinking the Y would be the better option, being that kids require so much stuff. So we wanted to know if you think the Y would be substantially larger than the 3 and better suited for a family of four, or do you think the 3 will have enough space? Thanks. Bye. So obviously, Andrew, we don't know much aside from it'll be built on the Model 3 platform and have Falcon doors in the back. Although, as I've said on recent shows, I'm even wondering if that plan could change given the the mixed reception to them on the X and the the issues, the early issues, uh, Falcon door issues on the X. But here's the thing. The S actually holds more stuff than the X does. But the X holds more people than the S does. Uh, of course, with that third row seat, more and more adults. You know, you can get the two rear-facing child seats in an S, uh, but not. You know, it's hardly the same comfort level uh, of of the X. Even if your X passengers are all are the same, very same children. But it might that might not necessarily apply to the Y because. The 3 isn't a hatchback like the S is. So what if the Y is a hatchback? That could mean that it holds more people and more stuff than the 3 does. So uh, unless, unless the Y, what if the Y only has two rows of seating? So we'll see. we gotta, we got to wait and see. I mean, I'm rambling a bit now. So uh, let me try and get back to your, your actual question. And I think you're going to be surprised at how much stuff the Model 3 holds. It's going to have a good-sized trunk, and it's got that frunk up front. And then the Y, as I theorized on last week's show, you're looking at probably at least 2019, if not 2020 for that. So if you're ready for your family car sooner than 2019 or 2020, the 3 might be the better option for you. You know, We'll see. We'll keep an eye on it. One more call to get to. Again, I know it's a huge Ride the Lightning Hotline section this week, but I thought it was well worth it in the wake of all of your reactions to Master Plan Part 2 and some of these other great calls as well. Let's hear from Michael in Milbray. Uh, Again, that's his radio name. I love it. He's got a 75D Model X, and uh, after driving a loaner, he's got a concern. Michael, take it away. Hey, Ryan. It's Michael from Milbray. I had a thought about um, about young drivers with these super fast cars that we are that we were driving. I've got a I've got a 75D Model X, but uh, when I when I got a loaner P90D, it really made me realize just how dangerous these cars could be with young drivers behind the wheel. I've been thinking about the driver profiles and and the valet mode, and maybe it'd be nice if Tesla added a young driver profile whereby parents of of teenage drivers could could limit acceleration speed maybe get notifications of geofences or uh you know 
lots of drivers, lots of passengers in the car. Um, I'm just curious what your thoughts were on that. Um, as more and more of these cars get on the road, I'd hate to see more instances like that rollover uh, Model S accident from those teenagers a few months ago. I'm trying to think of safe ways to to limit that and uh, and keep the more responsible parents able to drive as they choose without having to uh, put their kids at risk. Thanks for everything. So, Michael, if I if memory serves correctly, I believe we've had someone call in with this before. But what you propose is nevertheless uh, a fantastic idea. It would be great to see Tesla implement parental controls on their on all their cars. But as I think I've said before, and in case and if not, forget it. We'll just talk about it now. There is a current workaround right now that works pretty well, and it's valet mode. It, which what valet mode does is it cuts the power of the car to 80 kilowatts max, which is a, a far cry from what the car is capable of, and it limits speed to 70 miles an hour. So that could be the perfect solution. What, and you just enable that with a key, a key code lock uh, on your, via your touchscreen. So that could be the solution to your concern there, Michael. But great call. Uh, great question that's probably relevant to a lot of people's interests. Uh, and then finally in the Ride the Lightning Hotline, I just want to say hello to Tom in Miami, a new listener. Tom, I apologize I couldn't get to your phone call this week. Just to, as you just heard, way too many calls. Just uh, had, to, had to make some tough cuts somewhere. But some of these are going to be going into the Patreon exclusive episode for uh, $10 and up backers. So keep an eye out for that. That's actually going to be next weekend. I will have that second Patreon-exclusive bonus show that's just in addition to the regularly scheduled weekly podcasts. All right, I need a quick breather. Let me come right back, catch my breath, and wrap things up for you right after this. So I mentioned the Patreon a moment ago. I would be very grateful again if you would at least just take a look at the Patreon page if you haven't already. It's patreon.com, which is P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. That is where uh, you can go to take a look at uh, the rewards on offer. And, and that, uh, again, you've, you've heard my rap on the show, but that's where you can go to pledge any monthly amount you like, whether it's a dollar, whether it's five, 10, 20, et cetera. Uh, you know, if you if you enjoy the show uh, and you want to support me, it is it is all going towards straight in, straight towards my Tesla dream, towards making that Model Three dream come true. So, uh, thanks to all of you who are already supporting, which is quite a quite a good number of you. And uh, if you're not already, please take a look, and and I uh, would happily would love to love to hear from you there. So, follow me on Twitter at dmc underscore ryan. Email me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. You can find me uh, 9 to 5 Monday through Friday on IGN.com, the world's number one video game site, where I'm uh, up to a whole bunch of things, whether it's uh, Tesla, rather, Podcast Unlocked, uh, which is my Xbox show, Unfiltered, the interview show, etc., etc. Dave T., he's a friend because he's a nice guy and he runs a phenomenal community service for the Tesla community, and that is putting together the weekly Tesla newsletter, 
which you can subscribe to for free at teslaweekly.com. Gene and the Teslarati crew, teslarati.com, they're a great site, staying on top of everything in the world of Tesla. And for you Tesla owners, abstractocean.com. They've got a great selection of very useful and very cool Tesla accessories, whether it's the LED lighting kit to, you know, replace those last few bulbs in the car with LEDs, the silicone key fob pockets to keep that slippery little key fob from getting away, uh, and they've got a whole lot more than that. So take a look, abstractocean.com there. Uh, And of course, most of you probably already subscribed to the show. You can do so via iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Tune in, and by the way, I got your call. Anson from Lubbock trying to listen to the show on his S. You are correct, sir. Tune in login stuff is currently not working. So uh, the easier way is probably just to Bluetooth, you know, whether you get it on uh, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, and then just just use the Bluetooth in your car to uh, to play the podcast in your car there. Or you can just uh, you can listen to the each MP3 download them, or hit the RSS feed at teslapodcast.libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N. That wraps it up for, gosh, what was this? Episode 52? Man, over a year now. Actually, oh yeah, so t- wow, this, is, this, this weekend, this episode is the actual one-year calendar anniversary. Yes, that feels really good. I had the idea for this show when I was out to uh, a nice dinner with my wife, we had, a, we had a babysitter and it was just us at this wonderful Roman Italian restaurant in San Francisco. And the thought just hit me like, I should do a Tesla. You know, I'm, I love podcasting. I've been doing it at work for 10 years. I should do it for, uh, I should do a Tesla show and started sketching out ideas uh, into my phone right then and there. And uh, it's, man, a year later, a year later of, of actually doing the show, it's it's grown so much more than I could have guessed, and I just cannot thank all of you enough for for giving it a chance. Again, it's I know your time is extremely valuable. Um, I know there are a lot of Tesla owners and enthusiasts and fans out there, and uh, I, I try to be very respectful of your time and put together a good show for you. A lot of time and energy goes into it, but I just I I feel so good about it because. I get just great emails from you guys, great tweets, uh, Patreon support, great emails. It's it's all, uh, and of course, great phone calls. If I didn't already say that, just the the reaction, the support, and and uh, love I get has just been has been more than I could have ever hoped for. And I'm glad this little passion project of mine is has turned into something that that other people enjoy. So um, I'm now not respecting your time by by droning on but it is the calendar one year anniversary so i just want to take a quick moment to to recognize that and to thank all of you whether you've been listening since episode 1 or whether this is your first episode or i know a lot of you kind of jumped in right at about episode 35 right when the model 3 was announced so i'm so grateful to have all of you on board and uh, just really appreciate it and that'll wrap it up as i always say happy electric motoring And I'll see you guys back for episode 53 next week.